Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast, a show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. No, I'm not a fantasy expert, more of a fantasy coach. Here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. I am in my 17th season playing fantasy football I'm in four leagues this year, and I am fired up to be with you today as we talk about week one in fantasy football and then turn our attention to week two and so many storylines, so many players to discuss and know this. When you listen to this podcast, I won't always be right, but I hope I'll be convincing and we'll have some fun talking fantasy, faith, and life. Stick around at the end of the episode. We will do a a session from the Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook, a, a book that I wrote all about fantasy football and faith, and it takes fantasy concepts, relates it to the Bible, and so you can order your book, either a, a hardback book or a, a digital version that, that you can read on Kindle. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com, just search Fantasy Football Fellowship or go to fantasyfootballfellowship.com, but we will discuss session one, week one, in just a little bit. As we get going, the first segment on today's show is all about accountability. So as you listen each week, there will be times when I'm wrong. You got to hold me accountable to, to what I said. And so we will revisit a couple of those comments from the, the first episode that we did. And so we have to start with Carson Wentz and the Philadelphia Eagles. Because going into the season, for one, I totally discredited the, the Washington football team's offense. I was out. I didn't want anybody on my team. I didn't buy the hype. I didn't want any of them. So they looked okay. I'm still not jumping on their bandwagon, but the fact that the Redskins won is a big deal. And Peyton Barber ended up having a big day for them. And, and so we'll get to him in a little bit. But on the flip side, or on the other side, is Carson Wentz with the Eagles. What a letdown he was, a letdown the Eagles offense was. The good news is Miles Sanders is coming back. The good news is Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are going to be nice weapons for Carson Wentz this year. He's got to get some receivers healthy, has to develop some, some chemistry with those guys. And I was real high on Wentz. I'm going to remain high on him for now. But I'm definitely concerned after week one and, and that offense just not looking very good against the Washington Redskins. Basically, on last week's show, I said that he'd be a top eight quarterback this year. He's not there yet, but, but hang with me on him. And then also, uh, this is one you got to be patient on, but, but I told you about Nikhil Harry, uh, the number two receiver in New England. I'm still high on him. He had a nice first game with Cam Newton. I guess the concern is, Will the Patriots throw enough this year, or are they just going to run with Cam Newton, and what will that mean? Um, I, I still like Harry over Edelman 
for the the duration of the season. I think by the end of the year, or maybe in, in a few weeks, Harry will will end up being the go-to guy for Cam Newton. So hold me accountable to that, but I'm sticking with it. And then this next one, Devin Singletary. I'm very concerned with Devin Singletary. I was really high on him coming into the season, and he split carries with Zach Moss. Zach Moss got, got more of the goal line looks, and the good news is the Buffalo Bills offense is going to be really good. Now, it was against the New York Jets, so we have to pump the brakes a little bit, but I think the offense is going to be good enough that Moss and Singletary will both be fantasy relevant this season. Will they both be relevant every game? Oh, I don't know. Then you're playing the guessing game every week. So I've got Singletary on two of my teams, and I drafted him to be an RB2, and I'm not so certain that that can be the case each week. So I would say that I'm probably, I was wrong with going all in on Singletary this year, but we know how running backs get injured, and so I think there will be times where Singletary will be very fantasy relevant. He's still a good running back but they like Moss, and I think they're going to use both of them. So it's more about touches for him. So, uh, yeah, I was definitely wrong with, with all the hype about Singletary. Uh, one last thing, the I had a philosophy going into redrafts this year, different from Dynasty or Keeper Leagues, no rookies. And, and so after week one, Jonathan Taylor's looking good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is looking good. J.K. Dobbins got a couple touchdowns with the Ravens. Ingram was almost a non-factor with the Ravens. I mean, they were pouring it on. And and then the other two, Cam Akers and DeAndre Swift, of course, the two guys that I, I, I have in a dynasty league, they weren't great. Uh, DeAndre Swift, of course, had the big drop, uh, but he did get into the end zone. Rookie running backs are still somewhat risky, uh, so I still I stand by my philosophy on that. I'm, I'm okay with the decisions that I made to pass on those guys, except for... In round four, I picked Devin Singletary over Jonathan Taylor. As of today, that was a mistake. Hold me accountable to that. So now that I got that out of the way, I like to start the show by being honest with you and letting you know where I missed a little bit and some of my concerns. But now I get to brag a little bit. So so here we go. Did you listen? Did you listen when I told you that the Steelers' offense was going to be awesome this year? Big Ben, I started him, and I feel very good about what he can do this year. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, even James Washington. James Conner getting hurt, that's a, an injury issue, not a talent or fantasy perspective. Uh, of course, it will hurt your team if you have them. Uh, but then Benny Snell Jr., throw him in there. He came in and was great. So this offense is ready to go. It was the Giants, so you pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, not sure that their Giants defense is going to be dominant this year, but I, I love Pittsburgh. So uh, if you've got Pittsburgh, got to feel good about those guys and – Big Ben is going to be a starter. He, he, I'm, going to, I'm going to have him as my guy this year. I took him late in a, in a draft, and so I feel really good about him. I was real high on Devontae Adams. I know a lot of people were. I know he's a top receiver, but I, I, I think I said he was going to be the number one receiver this year, so I feel pretty good about that after game one. Uh, but DeAndre Hopkins actually exceeded expectations, especially in game one uh, for him with his debut in Arizona. Um, and then the other thing that that I hope you listen to Saints they're going to let fantasy owners down this year I know they got the win but I, I think Kamara and Latavius Murray are going to split more carries than maybe a lot of people thought now Mike Thomas is injured Drew Brees does not still have it I, I'm sorry I, I don't think he's going to be your 400 yard guy 350 yard guy 
most weeks. He didn't even crack 200 this time. If you if you thought Breeze was going to be a top eight quarterback this year, you're going to be let down. I don't know what you do if that's who you drafted, but I would go work the waiver wire and go get somebody like Gardner Minshew uh, at least at least as a backup, and and you can you can wait it out a little bit longer. But I'm I'm already. I'm out on the Saints this year. So that that's where I stand and I'll stick to that. Let's uh let's go to our our next segment which is personal fantasy shenanigans from the week. And so would love to hear your fantasy shenanigans and and so you can email me fantasy at unpackingit.com and and would love to hear just some crazy things that happened, some decisions that you made that either turned out really well for you or ended up really hurting your your fantasy team. And so some of the shenanigans for me, the the injuries that hurt me, Cortland Sutton, Kenny Galladay, George Kittle, because I actually played him, and then he got banged up and, and didn't do much in the second half, and then Miles Sanders being out. So most of those guys will ultimately be okay fairly soon, but nothing major there, but but it definitely hurt me. Uh, week one, I ended up going 3-1. and one. Uh, with my leagues, which, which is solid, uh, the injuries cost me the, the the one league for sure. But but I'm in this interesting league through Fantasy Football Fellowship. It's the the FFF 32 league, 32 owners, 32 NFL rosters. Every fantasy owner owns a specific team. So I'm the LA Chargers, and get this, I won by .3 against the Bengals. My Chargers team, my fantasy Chargers team, won by .3. Of course, thanks to the missed field goal by the Bengals at the last moment. How crazy was that? The guy pulls his, his hammy or, or something, it came up limp and, and, and couldn't even strike the ball like he needed to. And so I ended up winning by point three, uh, which was a ton of fun. And then uh, the other shenanigans, I, uh, I had Naheem Hines on the bench. He was awesome. I think he was the highest point running back for me. Uh, but of course, he was on the bench. And then I had TJ Hawkinson on the bench, which... Both those guys were those were understandable decisions, but it's still tough to watch those guys have have nice games on the bench. Uh, I got huge performances from Josh Jacobs and Mark Andrews, which was encouraging. And then here's a, a little inside one of my leagues. I actually won by two point four points, and I did not play a defense. And so we have the option you don't have to play a defense, but almost everybody does. Uh, so I ended up waiting till the last minute to figure out what was going to happen with Cortland Sutton. So I was able to put him on the IR slot, which then opened up a roster spot for me going into the 10 o'clock game. Hardly anybody was available as a free agent to pick up you know, from the Titans or the Broncos before that game. So I ended up getting Corey Davis, and Corey Davis ended up having a really nice night, something like seven catches over 100 yards. And, and so what was excited to now have him as an option moving forward this is a guy who was a first-round pick by the Titans, and he's in a contract year. It's hard to know what to do with the Titans' passing game. Do you trust Ryan Tannehill? What happened to A.J. Brown? He was a bust this week, uh, but but Corey Davis looked really good. So does that continue? I'm, I'm willing to take a flyer on him. So it was one of those things where I just had an empty slot going into the final game, and I didn't have a defense. I had already won. I had already secured the win going into the final game and then of course a, a knucklehead in my league picked up the, the Broncos defense or, or and the Titans defense uh, both of those were taken at the last minute which prevented me from being able to get one of those guys or maybe they were both gone that, that I was planning on getting one of them if I needed to win in that final uh, game and so I didn't need it one by 2.4 
picked up Corey Davis. That was the, the, the big shenanigan of my fantasy week. But let me know yours. And of course, we can all agree nobody cares about anybody else's fantasy team. But when it comes to shenanigans, I think it's kind of fun. I, I, something crazy that happened, how you won by point three or, or whatever it may have been. Shoot me an email, fantasy at unpackingit.com. All right, let me run through our, our next segment. And I'm going to give you uh, some, some players that I'm convinced of, guys for the rest of the year, even heading into this week, who I'm convinced of. I am convinced Jamison Crowder will be the lone fantasy bright spot for the Jets this year. He had 13 targets, 7 receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown against the Bills. And I started him in one league. I ended up benching him in another. But I'm, I love Crowder. As bad as the Jets are, they got to throw to somebody. They're going to be down in games. And even if Darnold only completes, let's say, let's say 18 passes a game, Crowder's going to get seven, eight, nine of those every week. So I, I still I, I like him moving forward. If you can get him, get him. I think he'll be real consistent this year. And everybody's still, you know, they're they're hesitant to have any Jets players on their roster, but he's a guy you want to get. I'm also convinced Dallas Goddard will be a consistent contributor all year long. And I mentioned it earlier. I think he's, he's so talented. The Eagles are, are, are all in on him. They're hesitant to give Zach Ertz a big contract, which, which that's an issue for Ertz. So if I was an Ertz owner, I'd be a little worried. But Dallas Goddard is probably a free agent, potentially on your waiver wire. And maybe at this point, you, you have to already grab him. But I, I like him this year. The, the rest of the way, I think the Eagles have to, they got to find somebody to throw to. Goddard's going to be the guy, especially in the end zone, red zone, end zone. Get him. He's awesome. All right, I'm also convinced Paris Campbell and Anthony Miller will have big years. Young wide receivers, they're, they're, they're basically number two receivers on their team, but I won't be surprised if Paris Campbell finishes better than T.Y. Hilton and Anthony Miller better than Robinson. And, and so Robinson is not, not like in his situation in Chicago. There are mixed reports about him. Anthony Miller, though, regardless of how, uh, we'll get to Trubisky in a moment. Either way, they got, again, back to the, they got to throw somebody. And I like Anthony Miller. I, I really do. So, um, so we'll, we'll see, see what happens uh, with Robinson and his contract or if they trade him or, or what. But uh, Anthony Miller, he, he's shown glimpses kind of at the end of uh, last season, and, and so I ended up going to get him. I, I, was, I was unable to get Paris Campbell, which is a bummer, uh, but I, I like Anthony Miller, so, so feel confident in him moving forward. Next up, five players that will decide if we should stay at peace based on their, their performance in week one, or is it already time to panic? Let's go to Cleveland. Yikes. It's definitely panic time in Cleveland. However... Austin Hooper, you got to have peace. You got to have peace because here's the deal. Njoku got injured. That was my big concern with, with having Hooper and Njoku. It's like, how many weapons can, can Cleveland have? Of course, they can't capitalize on any of them in week one. But I like Austin Hooper. And I, I, I think I saw him on the waiver wire in my own league. And so I, I put a claim on him. I would like Hooper the rest of the way. Eventually, the Browns have to do something, right? Too much talent. So... Hooper is is kind of the forgotten man. It, it's not just in what he was able to do in Atlanta. I think he's a good tight end. So go scoop him up if you can. Go trade for him. I would I would remain at peace. Uh, and if you have Hooper, keep him. And then let's go to Atlanta where Hooper left. 
have peace with Hayden, Hayden Hurst. That Atlanta offense is good. They've got a lot of weapons. There will be weeks where Ridley and Julio will have big games and Hurst doesn't do much. And they even got Russell Gage involved as their third wide receiver uh, this, this previous week. So Hurst was the odd man out of those four weapons. But I think as the season goes on, there, there, there will be weeks where, where Hurst is one, two, or three in that offense as, as far as weapons go and, and production goes. So he's going he's gonna to be really good for your fantasy team in, in many weeks. Now, is he a locked-in top 10 guy? Ooh, a little panic in that regard. But as far as being a fantasy starter and in that 10 to 15 range, I, I feel pretty good with him. The last guy I'm, I'm still at peace about, Joe Mixon. Don't panic on Joe Mixon just yet. The, the Bengals' offense wasn't great. Joe Burrow, you know, we'll see. I've been hesitant about him this year, but Joe Mixon's too good. They got too, they have too much invested in him. He he's shown how good he can be. He's a he was drafted in the first round, most likely in most drafts, maybe early second round, and and so I, I wouldn't panic just yet uh, with him. I would panic when it comes to Raiders wide receivers. I own Hunter Renfro. Uh, I, I think I had Derek Carr on a team. I did. I like Derek Carr. I just don't think they're going to be throwing the ball all over the field this year. Maybe as the season goes on, but I think they're going to ride Josh Jacobs. They're going to be a run-first team. I just don't think they're dynamic enough of an offense where they're going to score enough points to where multiple receivers plus Waller will all be real strong fantasy weapons. There will be weeks, of course. I like Ruggs, but we'll see. He got a little banged up against the Panthers. I like Renfro, and, and I, I thought going into the year, okay, he is Carr's safety blanket. We can feel good about that. To start Renfro, uh, I just, I, I'm just i panicking a little bit when it comes to, uh, to, to wide receivers in Oakland. I know it's early, but they won their first game, and they won it by running the ball, and so that's the formula I assume that they, they will use. The Panthers' defense is not very good. I'm a Panthers fan, but still, I, I yeah, I, I'm just I'm hesitant with the Raiders. And then also the Bucks wide receivers. I think there's some panic there. We're already seeing injuries. Tom Brady, you know, what what? How much does he have left? It's only one game, but the the Bruce Arians already calling him out. I mean, we got to pace ourselves. We we needed to be patient anyway with the Bucks because it's it's not going to happen overnight. A lot of changes there. But to expect Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Scotty Miller, all those guys to be fantasy relevant every week, just don't think that's, that's realistic. So th- there's a panic because you took, I did not, I did not take Godwin or Mike Evans, but if you did, you took them early. And so you, you, you're expecting them week in, week out to be a wide receiver one most likely. I'd be panicking about that. I would. It doesn't mean they're, they're going to have good weeks, but the consistency, the reliability, it, it's either going to take time or it might never happen this year. That's the reality that we have to, to address. So definitely panic there. Next up, let's, let's look at the, the waiver wire this week. A couple names that, that pop up, and, and so I'll just kind of let you know if, if I like them or I don't. Chase Edmonds, the backup in Arizona. I'm not a big Kenyon Drake guy. The, the fact that Miami got rid of him, to me, was a, a red flag. I think Chase Edmonds is really talented. And so as the season goes on, I mean, Edmonds' game one was awesome. Uh, Double-digit points, fantasy points. So you want Edmonds on your team. I, I feel confident in him. Green Bay, how about Aaron Rodgers? Unbelievable. So 
Alan Lazard was somebody that I was targeting late in drafts. He's worth picking up. You want him on your team. The Packers, if they keep it going, even it might not be to that level that they they threw the ball uh, on Sunday against Minnesota, but there is enough room. I love Adams, and I love Lazard. And so uh, Valdez Scantling, he looked better too. He was a nice weapon, but I just like Lazard better than than MVS. So, uh, So I'll lean toward investing in in Lazard all right so the Rams situation the running backs over the year I I think eventually Cam Akers will be the guy but Malcolm Brown is worth investing in on the waiver wire most likely he's taken already somebody stored him on their their stored him on their bench but I think Malcolm Brown at least is fantasy relevant I mean he was awesome in, in week one for the next five weeks he he he's absolutely worth having and I'm kind of bummed I I didn't I wasn't more aggressive in, in getting him this year. Peyton Barber in Washington, on the other hand, he's inconsistent. The Bucs got rid of him. He's a nice player. He's a good veteran running back to have on your team. When it comes to real football, he, he's good to have in the mix, but he's not, he's not a bell cow. They, they're still going to get Antonio Gibson the ball. They're still going to get Bryce Love the ball. I, I would avoid worrying about Peyton Barber, even though he had a big first week. In Detroit, it's a mess. I I would avoid all three running backs at this point. DeAndre Swift, long-term, but like I said, I'm just not rookie running backs. They can be awesome. This year in particular, I just was real hesitant about rookie running backs. And so Swift is their guy. Carry-on was kind of non-existent. And so Adrian Peterson ended up getting a bunch of carries, but that's not sustainable. At this point in his career, especially as the season goes on, if Detroit starts struggling, are are they going to – I mean, they'll, they'll start looking toward their future, which is what they do every year. And at that point, they'll, they'll shift to DeAndre Swift. And, and so Peterson, to me, isn't worth the trouble. One guy I'm intrigued by, so I'm not high on the Saints. However, Taysom Hill gets tight end uh, designation in ESPN leagues. And so there could be some games where Taysom, Taysom Hill throws a touchdown, catches a touchdown, runs for a touchdown, some combination of that. So he's worth keeping an eye on. I'm not sure he can take up a roster spot just yet, but I I would keep an eye on him because if Drew Brees has lost a step like I believe he has and and he's going to struggle this year, they'll utilize Taysom Hill more often. He'll be on the field even more often. So he's worth keeping an eye on. Benny Snell Jr., he's probably already on rosters. Absolutely pick him up. You want him. You want Pittsburgh Steelers players. If if James Conner, even if he's not out for a while, I still think you, you want Snell around. If... Connor gets hurt again. In the meantime, till he gets back healthy, uh, you want him. Gardner Minshew down in Jacksonville. He might be their franchise quarterback. How quickly you know we think? Oh, they're going to tank and get Trevor. I don't know. Minshew magic is back. At least after game one, I would go pick him up. Maybe not as a starter, but but possibly moving forward, he could be a starter. He had a tremendous first game, getting a ton of receivers involved, and that offense might be better. Than, than a lot of people thought. So those are my waiver wire thoughts. As far as bounce back candidates, I'll give you one who, who had a rough first week, but I think he'll have a bounce back game. Cooper Cup with the LA Rams. He's too talented, too important to that offense. And as good as Robert Woods was in week one, he's, he's a weapon always, Woods is. But they, they've paid Cup. They, Goff will find him and cup hurt fantasy owners in week one but i think he will bounce back all right a couple questions uh this week what about the chargers austin eckler tough week one 
do you go pick up Joshua Kelly as his backup? And and he was kind of vulturing a little bit, stealing some carries. I, I like both of them. The Chargers are going to run a lot this year with Tyrod Taylor, and maybe neither one gets as many dump-offs because that's Phillip Rivers' game, as we saw with Naeem Hines. And if he's on your waiver wire, definitely get Hines. But I would I, Eckler and Joshua Kelly, I, I think they'll, they'll both there's, there's room for both of them. Yeah, absolutely get both of them. Don't panic with Eckler. I think I, he's great, man. I love Eckler. We, we've seen what he can do. It's a lot to be the guy, but I think he's, he's one of those guys, as soon as you write him off, he, he, he shows up and lets you know, hey, I'm fantasy relevant. So, yeah, Joshua Kelly, young player, uh, pick him up as well. So Chargers offense, like I said, I own the Chargers in our, in our one league, and I'm not expecting monster weeks. But from especially from receivers in the passing game, I, I, they'll be middling, kind of middle of the, the pack on that. But as far as rushing goes, yeah, they're going to run the ball. And then as far as QB situations go, Trubisky had a huge day. He's got to show me more. I, I'm not all in on him just yet. I still lean toward Nick Foles. Rodgers led all quarterbacks. We downplayed him. We wrote him off. He's going to be fantasy relevant this year. He's going to have a nice bounce back season. Will he be number one? I don't think so. But he's going to be top, he'll probably be top seven. He'll probably be top seven this year. So I'll put him in that category, and I'm kind of mad that he, uh, <laughs> that I got rid of him actually in a keeper league. So I was on the side of, of moving on from him. And then uh, Phillip Rivers didn't have a big game. Prescott didn't have a big game. Breeze I've already talked about. Stafford, no. Carr, no. All those quarterbacks, definitely some concerns. The one I would not give up on is Prescott. Cowboys will, will get it together. Don't panic with the Cowboys. And as far as Rivers, they're going to run the ball. They'll be a balanced offense. They might be a, a more of a low-scoring team this year. So if you think Phillip Rivers is going to be your starter this year, you're going to be in trouble. If you think Stafford or Carr, I, I would move on from those guys. Same with Breeze as starters in fantasy. Those are maybe one week here and there if you, if you need a fill-in guy during bye weeks, but not starters. I, I would move on. There you go. Those are my fantasy thoughts this week and would love to know uh, what you think uh, about some of those players and and some of my my predictions and analysis so let me know you can email me fantasy at unpackingit.com fantasy at unpackingit.com and and what you'll you'll notice with kind of this show and what we talk about I'm not going to overload you with stats I watch the games I keep up and I, I let you know just my, my observations. So if you, if you need stats and all that, look that up. And, and look up stats for yourself instead of just listening to stats. I mean, sometimes it's helpful here and there, and you listen to different podcasts, and you get your fantasy insight and all that kind of thing. But a lot of it, you got to go by feel. you, you got to watch the games. you, you got to listen to press conferences and, and hear what coaches are saying. And, of course, you got to listen to the, the, the beat writers. And, and you can't panic after week one, totally. You got to let things play out a little bit. Matchups are so big in the NFL. Team, think about it. The Bills look like the best team in the league because they're playing the Jets. So let's see what they do in the weeks to come. That that's my approach to uh, to fantasy. But most importantly, we love to wrap up the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast with a a thought about faith, and and we pull this from the Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook. Which uh, again, I encourage you to to go get. Uh, you can check out fantasyfootballfellowship.com. And so week one, here is the topic. 
It is all about asking the question, what is your perspective? And so going into the year, you, you probably had a, a certain perspective on all of these different teams and players, and you have a perspective on, on rookie running backs or, or perspective on teams that have a new head coach. And so as you were drafting and, and making fantasy lineup decisions, you had a perspective or a lens that you were looking through. All of us have, have perspectives and you know multiple things go into determining what that, that perspective is. And what's so fun about fantasy is oftentimes we have different perspectives. So you value quarterbacks, I value running backs. You think certain offenses are going to be consistent, and my perspective is, no, I don't trust those offenses. And so that's what makes it interesting. But when it comes to perspectives in life, each of us also ha- have a lot of factors that go into what our perspective is, how we view marriage, how we view parenthood, how we view our work, how we view friendships. And, and then ultimately, what is our view of God? What is our view of the Bible? And are we using Scripture and God's Word to determine the lens in which we view life? And so when it comes to marriage, are we looking at the, the perspective of the Bible or are we looking, looking at the perspective of the world when it comes to work? Is it the perspective that the world tells us? And that's what really factors into how we think. And we have a worldly view and a a worldly perspective. Or is it a biblical view, a biblical perspective? And so if we are followers of Jesus, you know, we have to continue to study God's word, continue to pursue him and and, and, follow Jesus each day. And and so we're going to continue to have our perspective grow and change and, and become more rooted in who Jesus is and who he says we are and, and what you know he his plan for our lives and the, the principles that the, the biblical principles that, that he encourages us to to live by. And and so let, let me share a couple verses with you because when it comes to perspective another way to look at it too is what is our mindset? How are we thinking? Because how we think about fantasy influences the fantasy decisions that we make. And so how we think and what we focus on in life, are we focusing on God? Are we focusing on his word? And, and as we make decisions, are we, are we running to him and, and wanting to rely on him to make wise decisions? Or are we basing it on feelings that are fleeting, basing it on uh, the news or you know, all these different perspectives that, that are out there, the worldly perspective or uh, our mind set on God and and his word. And so in Colossians, it says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And so it's so easy to get caught up in the day to day, to get caught up in things that that distract us and, and things that ultimately in the long run are not that important, but we get so worried about money or we get so worried about pleasure that we're not focusing on things that are above and things that, that truly matter and, and humility and generosity and contentment and faithfulness and eternity. The, the, that's the eternal perspective that when we're in Christ, we want to, we want to re- rely on and lean on, you know, each day we choose what perspective are, are we going to view life through and what is our mind focused on? 
And and so the you know the the option is are we going to focus our our mind on compassion, patience, forgiveness, love? Philippians tells us and now dear brothers and sisters one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So our perspective on fantasy football affects our season, but the perspective we choose each day affects our eternal lives. It affects the decisions we make each day. And so since our behavior displays our perspective, we must decide if we want to think and live for the now or in view of an immeasurable hope that is only found in Jesus. And so I hope that is encouraging to you today. Would love to know your thoughts. You can email me, fantasy at unpackingit.com. The Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast is a part of Unpacking It Ministries. You can check out unpackingit.com for more information on the ministry and all that we have going on. But thanks so much for listening today. Send in your fantasy questions or anything else you want me to discuss on this show. It's fantasy at unpackingit.com. As we end the show today, let me tell you this. I'm Bryce Johnson, and I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next week right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast.